let me take some of you down memory lane. And um, for those of you that are new to CityGate, um, let me invite you to walk with us. Um, because today's message um, is going to be a little bit different. And uh, it's going to be a message of, about a man that you probably have never heard of his name. I offered this in first service. So I, ha I am obligated and bound just by good nature and character to offer it in second service. I offered a $100 trivia question. And uh, you can't use Google and, uh, or your phone. And you can't answer if you've been in first service. Okay? But can anybody name the people that delivered the four prison epistles for the Apostle Paul? Well, let me tell you, one guy delivered two. His name was Epaphroditus. So look at your neighbor and say Epaphroditus. <clears throat> He's going to be our main character today, Epaphroditus. He delivered uh, the book of Philippians. And Tactius delivered the epistle to the Ephesians. And Omnisimus uh, delivered Philemon. Uh, and... For you ladies out there, um, Paul needed a, 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 deliver, a male person for the book of Romans and a lady named Phoebe actually delivered the, a letter to the, book of Rome, uh, to the church of Rome. Um, so what I'm going to preach about today is about an invisible guy um, that did something phenomenal. And now I want to introduce you to a guy that was invisible 30 or 17 years ago, ago at the age of 17, still invisible today. All I've got, the only thing different today is that I'm with a group of invisible people. And even though that we, uh, maybe CNN doesn't even know our names, but that's okay. Because you know what? I believe hell knows our names. And I believe the devil knows our names. And I believe God, of course, knows our names. And I believe our city knows our name. And it's because of great people being able to partner together. Because God takes invisible people and does extraordinary things in them and through them. And 30, uh, 17 years ago, a 34-year-old young man from northwest Florida, out from the country of uh, surrounding Panama City, Florida, out there in a place that was so crowded with people, 600 of them, all 600 of them lived in the little town that I pastored and I show up 17 years ago on the first Sunday of July to preach my first Sunday message I had dark first of all I had hair it was dark people uh, let me just give you there's a picture in my office of me praying at the prison there's a lot of hands and there's a lot of you that come in my office now so if you're one of those that are new to CityGate and you come in my office and say who is that pastor I'm throwing you out uh, that was me with hair. Um, and um, I, uh, I showed up 17 years ago and overwhelmed um, by the responsibility of pastoring a church. I went in my, I got my best suit on. I had my tie all nice and in and, and order. Michelle was looking fabulous. And we showed up. It's the first Sunday surrounding the 4th of July. Everybody was gone. And I looked at Michelle and said, they hate us. <laughs> and 17 years later, here we are. And you're talking about being overwhelmed. Uh, it was incredible, the, the overwhelming feeling that we got. 
when we come, we love the church, love the people. I was allergic to a lot of stuff that uh, bloomed down here, so I was really sick. And Michelle was terrified. I mean, we called a big highway I-10. That's two lanes on each side uh, of a median. And uh, we didn't know where anything was at. Michelle was refusing to drive. I literally had to make Michelle get in the car and drive. And um, that's a miracle, that's testimony of miracle working power of God because I'm not very rarely able to tell Michelle anything to do. Um, and, and, but God allowed me at that day to say, you have to get in the car. And she was, uh, she was compliant and, and got in the car. We didn't know where anything was. We'd come to a church with a lot of gracious people. They were inviting us to a lot of places to eat with them and just become their family. And we didn't know anything. So if you were one of those 17 years ago that told us to meet you at a restaurant in South Fort Myers and we said, hey, how do we get there from Walmart in North Fort Myers? That's the only landmark we have and we don't know anything else but that. And I know that some of you right now are thinking, why didn't they just use their phone? There was, well, there was two ways then it was hey where are you at I'm over here by Walmart where are you at um, you know there was no GPS we did this thing called map blast that means you have to print it off the computer and it gave you directions. that's really safe as you're fumbling through three different papers of finding out where you turn left or right but that's kind of who we were 17 years ago and um so uh, our elders knew that we were shell-shocked and they got with me after service and said, don't worry, Pastor, they're coming back. It'll be at the end of the summer, um, but they're coming back and, and they don't hate you. Um, they're just gone on vacation. And 17 years later, um, thank you for being here today. And thank you for going, many of you, on this journey with me for 17 years. I can't express my appreciation enough, but God took an invisible guy from northwest Florida that very few people ever knew their, his name, and he brought him to southwest Florida, and together we've been able to accomplish some wonderful things. So thank you. So have you ever noticed that God, I, I left my, one of my props down there, so I got to go get it. It's the first one, actually. Um, have you ever noticed that God will allow you a portion of an assignment and you think it's your, your total assignment and all of a sudden God will shock you with more to come? Anybody ever been that way? You know, I, I can only imagine Pastor Matt thinking to himself, all I was doing was listening to a basketball bounce in a gym and I walked in the door and now I'm on staff. That's kind of how God does things. And I come 17 years ago thinking this, and I'm going to be transparent today. Some of my motives weren't as pure as uh, they are today. And I was on kind of a fast track in a denomination, and this is what happened. They took you from a, a, a congregation where you were pastoring. They assigned you to a larger congregation, and you stayed there three to five years. They offered you an executive position called an evangelism director's position. And from there, you become a state overseer. And I thought that's what, what God's called was on my life and I thought man I'm gonna come I'm gonna meet some wonderful people three to five years and something happened along the way that I was not aware of <coughs> I'm not even a part of that denomination anymore that's how unique God can be and so today I'm gonna introduce you to a man named Epaphroditus and Epaphroditus's first responsibility when you meet him in scripture was simply to carry a gift 
That was all his assignment was to be, is can you carry a gift that needs to go to Paul from this place to another place? Let me read a couple of scriptures today. Let me pray first. Father, I ask you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon me, your servant, and allow the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to be revealed in me as I am anointed and enabled to preach the power of the gospel through the authority of your word. So, Father, today, allow me as if you were here 17 years ago because I know you were and you enabled me, a nervous 34-year-old young man, and I am just as nervous today at 51, and I ask you to please anoint me that makes your word effective, and that way people's lives are changed, and we give you all the glory, and I give you the praise and honor in Jesus name and everybody said amen. amen the Bible reads like this in the book of Philippians it says yet it was a kind it was kind of you to share my trouble and you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the gospel when I left Macedonia no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only even in Thessalonica you sent me help for my needs once again not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Touch your neighbor and say, to your credit. I have received full payment and more, and I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, here's our guy, the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing unto God, and may God supply every need of yours according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To, God, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. See, the Apostle Paul was telling you, see, sometimes we assign more importance to people that carry a title or an outward demonstration of a gift that God's placed inside of them than sometimes the people that have equally as important of a gift. It's just not shown on the outside all of the time. See, a lot of times we look at a person called a pastor and I'm thankful for your respect and your honor and I've been honored and gracious uh, in 17 years of trying to serve you to the best of my ability. But sometimes we think that the people standing up here on the stage are more holy than the people sitting out there in the congregation. We are not. We are no more important and that's what Paul was saying here in this scripture. The Apostle Paul that writes 13 books of the New Testament is literally confessing, thank God I've got some help because I could not do it alone. He's telling people from a Philippian church, he's saying, when we first started this thing, how many of you have ever stepped out on faith in ministry? Say amen. And you thought everybody was going to buy in, but they weren't as quick to respond as you thought that they should. Like, this is Paul. I mean, can you imagine him talking in real life? He would stand here and he'd say, you know what, the interpretation, you don't need a theologian today. You don't need a commentary. Let me just tell you, you know, if he was here testifying, he was saying this. I went to a church. I told them. I went to many churches and I told them, hey, I'm the guy walking on the road to Damascus. I'm the guy killing Christians. I'm the guy that was sent with the letters to put the Christian people in prison. And I'm on my way doing that which the letter gave me the authority to do. I was knocked off my horse donkey actually and if you really want to get into the Greek and stuff roundhouse kicked off the donkey I land on my back visible Jesus starts talking to me 
He is so invisible, makes me go blind. I'm laying in a bed blind. Dude with faith comes over. He is scared of me because he thinks I'm still the guy that was wanting to kill him. And he comes in anyway being obedient to a voice that he said God told him to come lay his hands on me. He prayed for me and my eyes, the scales fell off of my eyes and I received my sight again. And I got trained at the Antioch church and I'm going out to do my first mission work. Will you please support me? And nobody did it except one church. Now that had to be a little discouraging That's what he's saying here Philippians above all You have been with me from the very first moment I come and I shared with you what God felt God was going to do in and through my life And you were the only ones that supported me And church let me tell you something <clears throat> When I showed up 17 years ago we were broke Broke as a joke I'm talking about broke, broke, broke. Like we were borrowing money broke. Everybody's on vacation. We had to do something. <laughs> and I show up and we're broke. And we had creative people that were far more advanced than I was, especially in finances, and they refinanced the church. And in refinancing, the bank literally paid us to refinance. Imagine that. I don't know how... That's a first testimony right there because every other time I've ever refinanced, it costs me money. I've never had a bank write me a check at the end of financing except that one time. I don't know what we did. I don't know if Tony Flamia put on a mask and held up and said, hey, man, y'all going to give us some money. I don't know what happened. But we did. And we got $25,000 extra dollars and we put it in an emergency fund. See, because I am a firm believer, God keeps score. Well, pastor, you think that God looks upon my gift? No, he looks upon your heart. People look at your gift. See, they're looking at the numbers in the check. But God's looking at your heart and finding out how generous you are. And he does keep score. Well, pastor, there's no scripture to... Oh, yes, there is. Tell Rebecca. You know, the girl... Watering ten camels? Yeah, she got to own them. Yeah, she, got, she married the prince. Yeah, God keeps score. Remember that woman I talked to you about, about Ruth? She started taking care of a woman named Naomi. God kept score. She owned the field again. See, sometimes we look at the amount. God looks at the heart. And God was looking for a church in southwest Florida that had the right heart, maybe not the most money. And so we refinanced and we had that, that $25,000 in our emergency fund for like three weeks. And in between the three weeks, I'm going to do this a little better because they're going to have to edit a bunch out of the first service. We had this old dude. Well, he wasn't even that old then, but he's an old dude now. And I can say that because I'm his friend. His name was Bill Wilson. And he, by his own admission, not the most attractive dude in the world. And he comes and he preaches this message called Standing Between the Living and the Dead. And that's still to this day one of my top three sermons ever heard on planet earth in my life. This dude was talking about a bus driver, a lady bus driver that walked And in that apartment building she smelled something because she was there to visit the kids. She picks up on the bus, smelled something, had the superintendent open the door, found out there's two dead bodies laying there. Husband and wife killed in a drug deal. Bang, bang. To her surprise and horror, 
the kids still in the room. They had become so hungry that they were eating the cardboard cereal box. She grabs them up, refusing to leave an uncomfortable situation until the authorities, but would not leave the kids in that room alone. And she stood there with turning her back to the corpses of their parents, shielded those kids and loved on those kids till the proper authorities showed up. He gives an altar call about standing between the living and the dead. That's what his ministry does. And he has been doing it now for 50 years. Amen. Amen. <laughs> then, dude gets shot. He's out filming a commercial in, down to, uh, in New York in a place where he serves. It's a really bad neighborhood. Guy sticks a gun in his mouth. He decide, pulls the trigger, it doesn't go off, he knows they're going to kill him. He turns and runs, blows out his jaw. I, we get an emergency phone call on a Saturday night saying, Pastor Wilson has been shot. I said, call the elders. Let's meet really on an emergency meeting Sunday morning. Well, make a long story short so I can preach the rest of this message. We gather together, we get them on speakerphone. Push the speakerphone. And we said, now, minus salaries, we ain't got enough money to pay people salaries, but minus salaries, how much does it cost to keep this ministry running? They said, $12,500 a week. And I said, okay, how long is Pastor Wilson going to be in the hospital? They said, two weeks. You do the math. $25,000. I'm looking at these guys going, what do we do? They said, what can we not do? They said, gather yourself, man. I'm 34 years old. I wasn't as tough as I am now, man. 34 years old. We were just, I just had a little bit of money for three weeks. The pressure was off just a little bit. They said, man, we ain't got no choice. Send the guy the money. We wrote him a check, and from that day to this day, it's not a wonder. It's not just another testimony when we get these checks seemingly that fall out of the sky. They're not falling out of the sky. God's keeping track of saying, hey, because... 17 years ago, we had this motto. It wasn't about the money. We said, we'll do God's business first, and then he'll have enough to pay for our business. And from that day to this day, he has had enough to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He has supplied offering after offering after offering. How does a church do the outreaches that we do? And how do we pay for them with a budget like we've got? Because we believe in a supernatural God. God that says as long as they're doing my business first I'll take care of their business when they have a need amen and right in the middle of this I'm just looking up towards the sky going I'm just trying to be a state overseer I didn't sign up for all this I'm just carrying the gift Epaphrodites finally gets to Paul and gives him the gift and finds out like we find out so many times, sometimes it's not about the money. All oh, the money was nice, and Epaphroditus said, "You know what? Thank you for the gift." Or uh, he told Epaphroditus, Paul told Epaphroditus, "Thank you for the gift, but I need some help." And Epaphroditus decides he's not just going to hand the bag over a, a, a financial supply. He says, "You know what? I didn't come just to pay; I come to do." 
And for 17 years, guys, I have been surrounded by people that just didn't give offerings, but they were willing to do the things that God said to do. They weren't just willing to put money in a basket because we don't collect money here. We worship in our giving, knowing that God is going to change and transform somebody's life with the power of the gospel. And so we, he started doing. He does such hard work. Paul calls him a soldier. Listen to the next text. I have thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. Touch your neighbor and say soldier. <laughs> for he has been longing for you all as he, uh, you, he has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill near death, but God had mercy on him. And not only to him, but to me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, that I may, may, may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor of such men. What's he talking about such men? Soldiers. He's saying this is a doer. This is somebody that's been, he not only gave me the gift, he not only come thinking all I'm going to do is just take this nice gift and hand it to the Apostle Paul. Here you are, Paul. Oh, man, you need help. Okay, I'll stay. And this is the thing about staying. It hurts sometimes. It ain't about the money. Touch your neighbor and tell them it's not about the money. You know why? I told you I'm going to be transparent today. You know, at year three, they offered me my dream job. It was the job that you take right before you become the state overseer. You know what? At year six, right before the craziness of the transition in year seven, had a church call and said, hey, you guys take pretty good care of me. This is their first thing out of their mouth. I'll double whatever they're paying you. Now, I don't make a lot of money, but I make okay money. But you double that, that's okay money. And I'm like, I feel Jesus in that. I'm like, God, I call Shell up. Say, Shell, man, somebody just called me up, said they're going to double my salary. She said, oh, so you're going to move for money. Get ready because we're going to have to stay packed because somebody else is going to offer you something else and we're going to be running again. Why don't we ask God what he wants? Anybody ever get aggravated at your spouse trying to get spiritual? I prayed. He said, you know what? I told you Fort Myers. And you've been trying to leave ever since you got there. Why don't you just get ready and uh, the assignment and, 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 and take hold of this thing, man, and run with it? Fort Myers. I had to call the other church back, tell them, I don't care what you pay. Double right? <laughs> I don't care what you pay. I'm, I'm standing where God stays to stand. Yeah, But sometimes when you're doing God's work, this is an important part of this message that you need to understand, especially when you step out by faith, is sometimes that you think that just because you're in the right place doing the right things, God's going to take such good care of you that no trouble's going to come. Did you realize that Epaphroditus didn't get sick until he started doing and helping Paul? He not only got sick, I'm not talking about a cough, he got sick unto death. Like... I mean, Tuesday of last week, I thought I was dying. If I could have crawled to Dr. Joe, I would have. I'm looking like, Shell knew something was bad wrong when, I, when she come in and said, I said, Shell, I've got to go to the walk-in clinic. 
Because I'm one of those guys that say, no, I don't need any of that. Yeah, I needed all of that last week. And sick unto death. I'm like, I'm glad you come in the room. I wanted to say bye before I went to heaven. <laughs> Wives, is your husband that bad when he gets sick? I mean, I only threw up like three times, you know. I'm, I'm going to heaven. Anybody, anybody want to say amen out loud with your man sitting right next to you? Anybody have a, a, a similar situation? Say amen. amen. Oh, oh, man, guys, we got to toughen up. <laughs> he said, yeah, he got sick. He was doing some stuff, and it started to hurt. It got difficult and painful, and he kept doing it. He got so sick, still doing it, he got sick, he almost died. Folks, there's some of us that have been doing things for 17 long years and even longer. Some of you that go back and past date me to Pastor Tom. And we've been doing some stuff and we ain't always been on our best. We've gotten hurt along the way. Sometimes I've said things that I wish I wouldn't have said. Sometimes you probably have said things I wish I wouldn't have heard and all of that stuff. And it's hurt. And you know, every single time that I got hurt, the first thing that walked in my mind was, just leave, man. Call the church back that offered you the double stuff. Call them. They'll want you still. Just leave. See, sometimes God's wanting to use invisible people to do incredible things, even when it hurts. And I stayed, and so did you. And all of a sudden... You ever notice that you thought you were doing one thing? I thought I was going to be a, a state overseer. Now I'm not even part of the denomination. I thought I was going to be like in charge. Now I don't even know what I am. <laughs> I don't. I'm a Christ follower. That's all I know. I come 17 years ago thinking I was Church of God. Some way or another I become Baptist. And I'm not even Baptist. I told them, I said, this today in first service, a lot of our former first Baptists come to our first service. And I told them, I said, you know what happened? You got, you know, it, it changed on you too. Your assignment changed. You thought that we were just going to come here and be two little churches in a, one big building. And all your Baptist people were going to come back and you were going to be nice and Baptist. And they didn't come back. So God made us a little more Baptist and you a little less Baptist. And here we are. We don't even know what we are. That's the truth. <laughs> can you imagine? I don't. Even, I, this guy couldn't have been married, but can you imagine if he was married? I mean, he tells his wife, "Hey, I'm gonna be gone, kind of probably a couple of weeks. I'm taking this to Apostle Paul. You know that guy, that missionary guy that we help. He's the guy that comes with the slides. You know, I'm, I'm taking him a gift. I'll be back." He leaves with a gift. Paul sends him home with a letter. This letter here changed his life. Who's more important? The guy that wrote the letter? Or the guy that carries it? Well, let's talk about... David, you can play something on your guitar for a few minutes. Let's talk about the guy, the guy that wrote the letters in prison... If you don't have a guy deliver the letter, then the, the letter falls to the floor of the prison and it never gets to the hands of the people that need it. See, some of you 
Will you give me five more minutes to preach? Some of you aren't going to have a microphone today. But some of you handed out one of these today. You know, statistics tell us that before people ever hear the first song, they've decided whether they're coming back to your church based upon the people handing these out and the people holding these signs. Pastor, this isn't that important. You're preaching the gospel. So are you. Every single time you're standing there with a smile on your face and it pouring down rain and you're directing people where they could get dry, you are say, they are looking at you and saying, they are preferring me instead of themselves. And that looks like Jesus to me. Amen. Troy Pocket, for 17 years, you've been one of these guys. You may not be holding the parking signs today, but you've made the parking signs, you've painted the offices, and you've done a lot of stuff that I could not have accomplished. So when people give credit to me to, for things that we've been able to accomplish for 17 years, if it had not been for you and Miss Jane, I wouldn't have been able to do half of those things, if even that much, without people like you that were God-given, enabled, and soldiers of the Lord to do the work of ministry. I get to preach today, but there's somebody back there in the back in the activity center wearing one of these shirts, serving our kids and preaching the power of the gospel to people under the age of 12, just as powerful as I'm doing it in this room, probably more. And I'm telling you, we could not do it without them. Some of you, this is your first Sunday. I hope you come back. It's a great place. It's incredible. You get front row seats to miracles. But you will find out this is the only shirt on campus we will not sell. You cannot buy one of these. You, can't, you cannot get one. John Hale, I could not be what I am today without your words of encouragement. You putting cough drops on that, de on that seat and you putting batteries in my, my backpack. I could not be the man that God has allowed me to be without people like you and Miss Diane. You can't buy one of these. The only way you get one of these is you come to serve. We give these for free, but they come with a cost. We don't charge, but they're not cheap. But let me tell you something. I wish one day when I'm old and about to go to heaven, I pray for a vision. I'd like to go to a, a, to a board meeting of evil. I'd like to hear what, they hear what they say when they go, I thought we had a neighborhood all secured up. We call those things strongholds. Isn't them crazy Christian people over there at 2nd and Jackson Street threw on orange t-shirts and started doing the work of the gospel in words and deeds and come and delivered and started preaching and, and delivering the power of the gospel through prayer and allowing good deeds to go forth as the hands of God extended and now people are liberated I'd like to hear one of those things one time I'd like to hear one of those meetings like there's those orange shirts again I thought those people were just going to stay in their buildings and these crazy church they, they take their building to the neighborhoods <laughs> the letter Without a man that was invisible named Epaphroditus, you would have never heard these words. 
I am sure of this. The one who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion on the day of Jesus Christ. See, because there's been a lot of times I've been halfway through, thought that God was all the way done with me and fell on my face. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, look at Philippians 1 and 6 and say, He's determined to finish what He started in you, David. You would have never heard Philippians 1.21 for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. You would have never heard Philippians 3, 20 and 21, but our citizenship is in heaven. And from it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies and be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. I'm waiting for a day I get to go home. Yes, we celebrated our country's independence this last week, but I am more than American. I have a citizenship in a world that is not of this planet where, where sickness and disease cannot cross the threshold where there is no need for sun, moon, nor stars for He is the light thereof oh you say pastor you talking about heaven gates of pearl, streets of gold you can have all you want get me to Jesus you can have all the stuff you can have the places to stay there's mansions and all that you can have that just get me to the throne room because I want to see the one that went where I could not do and paid a price I could not pay. Amen. Amen. Guess what, folks? Before Tim Tebow, Epaphroditus. Because if Epaphroditus does not deliver the letter... There is no Philippians 4.13 underneath the eyes of a wonderful young man empowered by the Holy Spirit. But don't just read Philippians 4.13, but read 4.11-13. through 13. That's the context. Now that I am speaking of being in need, remember CCMers how much need we had? Now that I am speaking of being in need, I have learned that whatever situation is to be content. I know how to be brought low and how to be brought to an abound. In, every, in, every, in any and every circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And if a man that was named Epaphroditus did not deliver the letter, you wouldn't know all that. And this city doesn't know Citygate because of who their pastor is. They know Citygate because of whose God we serve. And we have made him famous. And nobody else is allowed to be famous but him. Can somebody say amen? So after 17 years, thank you. I can't call all of you by name. Thank you, Dr. Joe, for a Sunday school class that still continues to this day. Bob, thank you for sitting on that seat every single time you get a chance to. And before the first song, you get to the altar and find yourself in the presence of the Lord. Thank you for an Anne-Marie and a Vito that has opened up your house for 25 years to people in recovery. We couldn't do it without you. Maybe you're joining the CityGate team after today thinking, God, how did I get here? But I'm glad I did because I found a group of invisible people 
Thank you, staff, for being with me when I was crazy. That was yesterday. let David and Courtney lead us in a moment of worship and then we're going to pray for one another before we go home today.